Welcome everybody to episode 64 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Firstly, I'd like to sincerely thank all of the interviewees, listeners and the football public of the Illawarra, Australia and the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the great people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. David Grovac is our interviewee in episode 64. This very talented midfielder who is synonymous with the White Eagles, initially Wollongong White Eagles and then the Albion Park White Eagles, discusses his football journey, which spans over three decades in the Illawarra. David details his time watching Wollongong White Eagles as a boy at Herb Clunas Oval with his grandfather, his junior football journey with Wollongong Olympic, Fig Tree and the Illawarra Lions junior representative teams, he delves into his senior career with the White Eagles, a club where he spent 17 seasons. It was fantastic to hear David's recollections about parts of his footballing journey. My appreciation and respect go out to him and his family for giving up their time so I could record this interview in their home. Note that at the end of David's interview, there is an additional few minutes of a chat I recorded with Harvey Rodriguez, a former teammate and friend. Thanks to Harvey for giving us further insight into David the Player. Please enjoy episode 64. Well, welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the leafy surrounds of Flinders and I've got a very, very special guest and I've been waiting to do this for a while. I've got David Grovac. David, welcome and thank you for letting me into your home. Uh, thank you, Travis. Thanks for having me on your, um, on your podcast. Uh, we went back and forth um, about your career and, and I can't wait to get into it. And uh, I'll start with the first, as I always do. What is your first memory of football? First memory when I really got into football was watching the um, Italia 90 World Cup. I remember I was in year three or four and that tournament just, yeah, I just was fixated on it. I was watching, t- watching it all on SBS and um, I really loved that tournament. Uh, basically because Yugoslavia was in it and um, they made the quarterfinals that year and had some great players and... There was a couple of players in that tournament, Dragon Stojkovic and um, Roberto Baggio. I just love watching them play Like on the field, their charisma, the way they technique. was just amazing. And so before that, you, I guess, were interested in the game, but that yeah. sort of brought it more Yeah, to... that was when I thought oh, I could see myself really wanting to play this this game. And always mucked around at school, but I was never like playing under sixes or anything yep. like that. Yeah, it just sort of went from there. So that was uh, the first of a bit of a spark. There. Yeah, a bit of a and, spark there. And so uh, later on, um, before we talk about then your first uh, registered club, um, uh, during your, your childhood period then, did you go to watch local football games in the Illawarra? Uh, yeah, I was, I was going probably around that same time, probably going with Grandad, Diedlo, um, my late grandfather who passed this year, but um, he would take me down to Herb Clunas Oval. Um, watching Wollongong Serbia, it was called back then. Uh, so, yeah, we would go down there from, I don't know, 11, 11.30, watch youth grade all the way up to 
to three o'clock, watch first grade, and I'll do ball boy and meet up with all the, the young guys that we used to muck around with back then. So. And so was that just a, a sort of another introduction into the game? You, you're watching it on TV, and mm. then here you've got the local game where I guess you've got a connection. You're going with your grandfather, so mm. special memories there. So uh, mucking around with mates as well, it must be uh, fond memories. Yeah, no, definitely. There was always good going to Herb Clunas, the PCYC, and I remember it was just always that ground. It was just you walk in there, everything was real tight and close. The atmosphere was always. It was like you're on top of the players as well, watching it, yeah, and then you know the other ground. you'd have the chavapi sizzling there as soon as you walk <laughs> in, and no, it was just, it was just you look you look forward every every weekend going to watch it, or every second weekend I should say. And additionally, that that ground or or the building next to it, the PCYC, has some special memories as well because when we were sort of discussing this, um, you know, your dad has a connection there as well. Yeah, no, my father Milenko or Mick. Um, as all the local guys would probably know him, he um, he did his lot of his boxing training there. He was a really good boxer growing up. I remember going to watching him train in the in the PCYC there, and yeah, so I had a connection there, I guess, as a bit of a youngster going to watch him as well. So uh, before you then um, went to your first junior club, which was Wollongong Olympic, was there a, a chance that you? followed his footsteps and, and went into boxing or, no, or was no. that love really football? <laughs> no, it was like I didn't mind it. I was always he had the gym at home and the bags and all that set up and I'd get into it a little bit but it was I was more the cricket, soccer type, you know, yeah. I'd love, you know, or even rugby league back then, just I was always with a ball, so it doesn't <laughs> matter what type of ball it was, it was always yeah. And what do you recall of your your first club? You joined Wollongong Olympic in nineteen ninety one? Going back to 91, which is a while back now, but I remember my dad taking me down there because he knew that I had an interest in playing, yep. and that was the local sort of ground, local club that was cl- close to where I was living. So, yeah, but we were a poor team. I remember we were getting touched up a lot of the time. You know, I was playing a fair bit of striker, then I would drop back in goals, and I was playing everywhere, and I was I was probably the best player in the team, but, um, yeah, we weren't, we weren't much chop. We were just getting... But I enjoyed it. I still look forward. It was getting up in the morning, yeah. putting the socks on at six in the morning, watching watching TV, getting ready. So I was always looking forward to playing. It's just yeah, we weren't that good. And obviously, it didn't uh, dim your enthusiasm. But um, did you have a preference for a position back then, or you were just nah, trying everything out? No, nah, there was no. I just wanted to play. I didn't care where. Like I said, I went in goals, striker, winger. I liked. I was good at dribbling back then. I was really good taking players on. So. You know, I was playing more predominantly up forward, but yeah, there was. I just wanted to play regardless of the position. And uh, I've seen you play uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm more of a reserve grader, so I always watch first grade. And and you know, you, from my perspective, are, are one of the technical players that would be on the field. So, being in a poor junior team, um, do you think you were born with that sort of technique, or do you think you? practiced and practiced and that helped or was a combination no I think it was more the practicing I was always out outside playing you know dribble like I remember in the backyard just doing dribbling maneuvers and always against the fence and receiving turning just stuff like that um dad would help him set some stuff up as well but it was more yeah it was a bit combination probably the work and and the natural sort of thing as well and so after a couple of years at Wollongong Olympic, you, you then moved on to 
Fig Tree Junior Soccer Club, um, uh, with a team being coached by Bob Young, who, who we know in the area and, and I've interviewed. Um, uh, what, what brought about that change to Fig Tree? Oh, well, look, we, we, Dad and myself, we could see that the Olympic wasn't really going to take us anywhere. So um, he did some ringing around and, and you know, Fig Tree was a really strong club back then. So, um, you know, they had trials on and I went down to the trials and I, and I made that 12, I think it was 93. So, yeah, 12s, yep. under 12 A's back then. So we had a really good side compared to what we had at Olympic. I must have impressed them because I, I, got, I got picked pretty much straight away. And you had a couple of years there, so uh, what was Bob like as a coach and uh, what about um, some of the success and, and teammates that you had um, in those couple of years there at Victory? Bob was a real father-like type figure, you know, like he was real personable. He was, you know, he loved to have a laugh with the boys and I just slotted straight in there. Um, left midfield, I played that, that year, that first year. Um, we went on and won the league. Uh, won the gala day. I think we did lose the grand final to Lake Heights, who was our closest rivals. But yeah, we had a really good side. Went to the Champions of Champions yep. and all that. Had a good run in that too. I think we made the quarters or semis. As far as players, yeah, the Barilla boys were there. Okay. So Frank Jr. and Vince, Vince Barilla, Nathan Pegler. Good. Uh, we played later on in, at Albion so Park some, as well. Some names that people will recognise yeah, who are going yeah. to listen to. So this. we had some good. Uh, Bob's. Bob's son as well, Robert. He was he was a good player in the middle back then. Yeah, but no, all in all, it was it was a really good experience. Because uh, when I spoke to Bob, um, uh, it was on the phone, um, but you could tell tell the tone in his voice had changed. He'd had a lot of success and done a lot of work at Lysarts in the senior level, but um, obviously coaching his son. But he said, you know, the parents and and you guys, the players, he he really enjoyed coaching you guys. He said it was a special bunch of players and, you know, um, obviously you need a bit of talent, but he's obviously got on well as, as a team. Yeah, no, it was, like I said, it was a good good couple of years there. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for any more there. Um, good bunch of boys. The club was well run compared, you know, Olympic was good, but, you know, it was a bit not as well as run as, as Victory Juniors back then. So, um, yeah, no, I had a, had a great time and we had some good success. The following year in '95, uh, after two years there, you, you had a, a couple of sets of trials. I think you, you trialled with Wollongong Wolves yep. and Illawarra Lions. Mm -hmm. uh, talk us through that process in terms of you've been playing now for four years and now you had the opportunity at a, at a representative level to mm -hmm. sort of test yourself in trials. Uh, mm -hmm. What were you thinking at that time? Yeah, Dad put it on me to go and trial. You know, he was... He was the one that sort of pushed me a bit. I was happy to stay at Fig Tree, but... Yeah, I went to the Wolves trials. I did well, I thought. Um, it's going back a bit now, but... Um, I missed out that last cut. Yeah. You know, I wasn't I wasn't too upset. I was a bit annoyed, but, you know... There were some good players back then too, so... Um, but the next step was then the Illawarra Lions, which was... Um, Wollongong United is what we know them as now to be. Yeah. But um, they, were, they had a junior set-up back then. We were in Division 2. Right. Yeah, that was the next next set of trials. And I got in. Glenn Fontana was the technical director then and also first grade coach, and he picked the squad, and, yeah, I, I got in. And uh, another gentleman that I, um, you know, had a had a couple of years there at uh, Balgowny, uh, Dave Davini, was your coach. Uh, uh, before we talk about y your years there at Illawarra Lions, tell us a bit about 
Dave Devine him as, as a coach back then? No, David was, um, he was excellent, David. I, I learned a lot about the game with him, especially in the middle of the park. Um, he played me there pretty much from day dot. Just my runs and sort of stuff like that. Just um, I was always that dribbling type of midfielder, but he sort of got that you know the passing side of the game up to speed. And um, yeah, no, we had we had some good sides, and yeah, he was just a really good, really good coach. And he had that life arts background, and they were playing good football back then. You know, all their teams were all structured to play the same way. So I think he had reserve grade at the same time as we were playing. Yeah. So yeah, he brought that that life arts mentality, I think, into the into the Laura Lions as well. And some of the other teammates that you had there? Um... Harvey Rodriguez. Uh, we made the same team together, and he's still a good mate of mine today. Um, Alex Petkovsky, he was a goalkeeper back then, but, mate, he was he was unbelievable. He was so talented, that guy. Uh, David's son was in that side, Michael, who was a, who was a good defender. And um, there was another guy, Michael Stojanovsky, up front. He was, again, just a natural talent. Bit lazy off the ball, but <laughs> technically going forward and his free kicks and corners and stuff like that, he was he was he was really good. And what about that step up from you know playing club football in the Illawarra to now the representative scene? Um, how did you did you uh, really dive into that challenge of playing against better players? Yeah, and, yeah. and the training as well. Yeah, no, I definitely lifted my game. I was scoring goals from midfield. I was you know I was definitely improving, and yeah, the training was good. Matches away in Sydney, we were playing against you know some strong Sydney sides back then. CSI Schofields and uh, Parramatta, and you know, there was a few few good clubs there. And yeah, we, we we won that first year, won the league and the grand final. So it was a good good initial season with the Lions. And so the following year, after doing what you did in terms of the league, you then stepped up a division. Yep, we went up a division, so which is like the NPL two now. Yep. So that was just a step below the um, the Super League, which was the Wolves League. So yeah, one below them, and they, again we had a really good season. We end up coming. I think Southern Branch won the league that year, but we finished second. And Southern Branch had some good players back then as well. They had the Andrew Timms and a few other guys. They were you know, a really strong side. I think Tomo was there too. Nathan Thompson from. Yep. I think he was in that side. I could be mistaken. It was us and them, basically. We, we beat them in the league, they beat us, but then they, they kicked on a little bit and won the league, but then we got revenge against them in the grand final. And do you think, um, obviously, there was talent on the pitch, but Dave uh, Davini, his organisational and coaching skills really sort of gelled the team together and, and pushed us forward? Yeah, yeah. No, we were the strongest divi- uh, team in that, from 13s to 16s bracket, we were the propping up the club I reckon we were, we were performing every week and a lot of that had to do with Dave he was really he was an astute coach he knew positionally tactically what needed to be done and um, yeah nothing but praise for David Davini and the, the third year at, at the Lions um, for whatever reason a, a couple of players and and Dave moved on um, but you stayed there uh, I think in, in fact Dave came to, to Bowgowney in in maybe that 98 um, or could have been 97 actually mm. um, so did that change much for you or you were in yeah. at the club and you just yeah. thought I'll continue oh look it was a bit of a bit of a setback because um, we got up to that MPL Super Youth League yeah. then so we done what we did what we could you know like and we were all primed and ready to go to have a, 
And then I think that was the last second thing that happened. I don't know what happened now, but yeah, Dave ended up quitting and took Michael with his son with him. I think Dave went and Michael ended up playing Fern Hill or somewhere. They came to Bowgownie in they? Yeah. Okay, well then he must have must have t- taken on a coaching gig then back then as well. And he took a few players with him. Um, so yeah, that broke the team up a bit. We still had a, a core there, but um, I remember we had John Cabacho coaching, which was, yep. um, he came in, but then he didn't last long. We had Jeff Costello come up and replace him, but yeah, it was a bit all over the shop and it was a disappointing end to that. 16s year, you know, because I thought with the side we had, we could have pushed up higher than what we did on the table. Yeah, because I guess you'd gone in those three years up each level and and yeah. for roughly the same same squad, that's a pretty great effort, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I thought club-wise we did well, but yeah, that just goes to show about that stability in a club, how that can really affect things on the park, so... So did that um, come into your thinking and your dad's thinking at the end of that season about what would happen and, and where you were going to go next. Yeah, well, um, next step was seniors. So, yeah. um, you know, Eloy Lyons offered me to stay, um, potentially to play the youth grade or whatever it was called back then and maybe possibly get a, st- a stint in first grade. I started the pre-season with them, but um, I um, I ended up going... We ended up having a look at, at what Wollongong White Eagles. And actually, I always went and watched... Um, went and did a bit with Wollongong Olympic too back then as well. Um, and I ended up, I think I ended up staying with Olympic and playing a little bit of their, their youth grade there, but then I changed after a couple of games and went back to, to Wollongong White Eagles in 98. Yeah. Yeah. And and during this period as well, uh, I apologise for not mentioning it, but mm. yeah, you had some uh, individual one-on-one sessions with during these years with Minio Bonatig. And, yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about... Minio and, and the sort of influence that he had on you in your progression. Minio, we did a bit of one-on-one. Co- um, he took over and did a bit of one-on-one coaching with me. I'm not sure exactly what year it was, but my dad set it all up because I think he used to work with Minio's father. Okay. Yeah. And um, we did some one-on-one stuff down at Coniston Oval there um, where the juniors play, uh, which wasn't too far from where I lived. And, yeah, he was... The guy was amazing. Like the skill, the skill level this guy had was unbelievable, and he's still going today. I see him, I see him all the time down at our local field down here in, in Shell Harbour, and he's he's just an absolute freak. And now he's got his sons with him helping him out. And he's still doing a lot of coaching, but he was yeah, technically just stuff that you never ever would think of. Yep. He would just iron out and and just point you in the right direction. Yeah, great, a great guy, great coach, and one of the best around, I reckon. So that '98 season, um, it was a it was a pretty big year. Um, can you talk us through? Um, like you said, you ended up at White Eagles. Um, you know, I, I guess you're, you know, a club that you were very familiar with. Mm. So uh, yeah, talk us through that season. Funny enough, I had a lot of interest as well. I forgot to mention this from Lysarts. Yeah. Um, Phil Matthias was around then, and he actually came and visited me at home, and he wanted me to come over. Um, he was a nice guy too, and we'll probably get into him a little bit later yeah. as well. But um, yeah, I just had a lot of mates at Wollongong White Eagles. Uh, they were, you know, they were always up and down. I remember my dad was a bit hesitant going back there. He thought, you know, for my footballing career, whether it was a bit of a gamble, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. um, you know, they were always first division, Premier League, back to first division, back to Premier League. They were just like a yo yo club back then. 
Um, but then that year, they had a really strong first grade side. Youth grade, a lot of my mates were there. We weren't the best, but um, I didn't really have plans to play first grade. I just wanted to be with my mates. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason, that was the, <laughs> the goal that back then. But, but yeah, I was performing well in youth grade and, and playing in reserve grade and then sitting on the bench for a bit of first grade and... You know, as you do back in those days, yeah, doing, the, doing all the three grades, three grades during the day. But um, yeah, I never really got on in first grade that much. I was always on the you know, a couple of stints on the bench there. I played a lot of reserve grade as well as starting youth grade. So that playing reserve grade back then was so good. Yeah, it was a it was a high level of uh, competency in in their fringe players. Yeah, um, you know, ex NSL players. So for you, do you think? Um, that was a, amongst many factors, but one that helped you develop even more playing against seasoned seasoned men straight away. In reserve that, grade? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought you know, that was, um, you know, you play youth grade with your mates and you want to yeah. win, but then the club asks you, oh, you want to play reserve? And I go, yeah, straight away, you'd say yes, you know. And then some of the, like you said, some of the guys that would be coming back from injury, but these guys were like seasoned, seasoned players, you know, like a lot of experience. And they'll guide you through a game, not... It was awesome, you know, like to talk to you the whole time, no negative stuff, just communicating. And just, um, I thought that was, you know, a real good learning curve for me, playing with men, you know, at 16, whatever I was. And I think that's something that's lacking with today's um, competition, yeah. definitely. Well, it becomes a common theme when I talk to, to guys like yourself that, you know, play against older, older boys initially or older guys um, at a younger age that... Um, they're sometimes uh, more often than not successful and and from a youth grade perspective I, I guess um, the coach um, oh we had we had Sane Despotovsky who was first grade was like them playing first grade and he was he was good Sane he was um, didn't speak much English which you know he spoke to us in Serbian and, and we yeah. interpreted to the guys that that couldn't speak Serbian but um, it was mainly a Serbian based sort of team anyway uh, but it was fun. It was fun. It was fun to be around. It was a good time. Um, but I knew deep down I had more to give. And when the club made that run towards the end of the year, you know they were struggling on the injury and injury did you, front. Did you think that you were potentially a chance of being on the bench at that point? Oh, uh, look, and, I, I, and, and possibly contributing. Yeah, look, I, they had a, such a big, you know, depth of squad back then. I, I just some of the names, you know, like Brendan Reno was coming and playing Guido. Namovsky, uh, Chris Jankulowski, Petzer Maxovic, Danny Petkovic, Goran, the captain. They had a, like a really top-heavy yeah. squad, you know, and I didn't think much, but then they, they copped injuries, and that probably that's why they didn't win the league. Um, they had a lot of draws. They didn't lose that much, but towards the end of the year, they were, buck they were just dropping all of them, a lot of them. So um, I remember Jimmy asked me to play in the coach... I think it was the elimination against Northern. I think that was the first time he needed me, and then I said yes, and then from there I just... So Jimmy, Jimmy being... Wolfgang Mikowski. Yep. Yeah. So he was the first great coach back then. And do you think it, like I said, it was just uh, uh, many things, such as injuries and, and whatnot, that you'd come in, but because you'd played reserve grade that year and sat on a few yep. times in first grade that you knew what was, you were listening... You were sort of getting your fun in youth grade, yep. and then you know playing yep. a bit tougher games yep. in reserve. Did it help? Yeah, definitely. Having that yep. coming definitely. into well, that. Definitely. Milcho Savesky was the reserve grade coach, and yep. he was Jimmy's Wolfgang's assistant in first grade. So yeah, Milcho, I think, seen what he liked with me, and um, when they had that injury crisis, they um, 
I think that's yeah, that's why I got the the chance in the end because I was performing in reserve grading as well, and and that's where we yeah, ended up playing a few finals of that, that year. Yeah, well, talk us through that because it's a you know an incredible story for yourself personally um, about how that year went. Uh, the rest of that year, because you said uh, firstly that um, you came off the bench against Northern United. Yeah, that was at um, I think it was at Fern Hills Field, Ray Robinson, whatever it's yeah. called now, but. Um, yeah, I remember playing against them. They had, you know, they had a good side as well, Northern back then. And but I came on towards the end of the of the ninety, and, and then subsequently played the extra time period. Well, I remember it was nil nil all, so we went to penalties. I stepped up and took took the penalty, the first yeah, penalty. Talk me through that because you know your age. Firstly, yeah. <laughs> um, it's your first appearance officially yeah. for oh. the year in first grade. Uh, is that just? Um, on reflection, is that naturally your mindset that once you know that you want to do something, you know, you put up your hand, you leap yeah. from the front, so to speak? I don't know. I was just a confident... I was a confident type of player back then. And I I think when I got on and I was doing well, my touches were good, and I, I just thought, oh, I, I, can, I can play here. Eh? I'm, I can fit in right here, mate. You know, I had no... I wasn't nervous or anything, but that's just being young, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, when the penalties come up, I was always, you know, taking free kicks, penalties... I was always, you know, I was always the one taking all them. So I, I had confidence back then, and um, I remember the team just like, "What's this guy doing?" Like, <laughs> pretty much got the ball off straight off the bat once we got um, the goer to start, and yeah, I, I slotted the penalty and we ended up beating him on penalties that day. More than that, we went to the next week against uh, Crinny. So I think that Crinny game was the the qualifying final. Yep. Um, and then I, I actually came on after f- I was on the bench again, but Petsa got Maxovic got injured, and I remember coming on for Pets and um, oh, that was amazing that day. That was again, I think that was at Coromel's Field. Yep, Memorial. Memorial, yep. and um, yeah, that was that. The, the, the crowd there was Kringila White Eagles. It's two Macedonian Serbian back crowds. That was that was a, a big crowd, and. Um, yeah, I remember I was I came on on the right right wing, right midfield sort of thing, and straight away I got into the game and I was yeah I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> and do you think um, there was probably a, a level of acceptance from the week before where you'd taken a penalty that and what you'd done coming off the bench that other players as well thought well this yeah. kid can play he can add value. Yeah, I think yeah the coach uh, Wolfgang seen that and that's yeah no hesitation putting me on. Once we had an injury, like I said, we had they were down on numbers, so I think he was all hands on deck with Jim. He um, we had another young guy in youth grade that was with us, Darker. He he was on the bench as well, and a couple of reserve graders that hadn't played first grade all year were on the bench. So I remember Dragon Gulich started that game as well, and he did a great job at marker, centre half, and um, yeah. But I came on, I got my touches. I was you know I was buzzing a bit there on the right. I was up and down, and no, I really enjoyed myself. And so, what happened at the uh, end of that Cringilla game? Oh no, we ended up. Yeah, well, we, just, we I thought we played really well that game, and um, we ended up winning two nil. Yeah, it was just a great, really good performance, and um, so into the grand final. Into the grand final, the club was just on. You know, all the supporters just couldn't believe what they were seeing. You know what I mean? And yourself, um, I think you described in your timeline yeah. that um, that week uh, normally there'd be some sort of uh, recess and lunch play in terms of a bit of football on the basketball courts or yeah. old tennis courts. Uh, That's good. That, we'll that, that, high, was, yep. that, yep. was, uh, that was the old stomping ground. There was no uh, 
playing that week for you? Oh, you, no, you I probably, yeah, I probably rested a bit, but no. Um, <laughs> I just love playing, so I was playing at school too, and I was... I wasn't overawed, but that's just being young, you know. I was still enjoying kicking about with my mates at school and, you know, going to training that week. I remember, you know, I was a bit going to training, I was a bit switched on and I'm thinking, oh, geez, we better switch on here. Yep. This is big time now. Um, it was The club was all, all, you know, all business then. And talk us through the grand final and what you remember of it in terms of the ground, um, yeah. how the game went and, and then what happened. Well, that was Brandon Park, so that was... That was an amazing experience for myself, you know, having watched the Wolves there all the time and having to step on to Brandon <laughs> Park, that was next level stuff, you know. Like, and I remember the crowd was massive. Port Kembler again, another heavily backed club back then, and still is, but um, I, re I think it was 6,000 supporters there that day, which was a record. I don't know if that still stands, but I keep getting told that by a, a lot of, by a, by a lot, lot of local I'm pretty sure I was there that yeah, day, and, and um, it was definitely over five for I, sure. I, I think, yeah, I think it was a it was a massive crowd, put it that way. And um, you know, the nerves did kick in that that warm up, and yep. you know, but again, I was on the bench, and um, I came on after I think it was probably ten minutes ago in normal time. Yep. Yeah, so it was a pretty tight game. wasn't many chances. Bit of a stalemate. Because um, Paul Campbell, I think, went in as. As oh, they were the favourites, yeah, definitely. Adrian Olsen's side and, you know, Minio was playing, which was a bit <laughs> surreal, having a coach that was there with me playing on the opposite side. And, uh, yeah, they had a, you know, that gun team with Gazzoli at the back and I think they had Kane playing, Maccabee, and uh, Cleary was there, I think he was starting off there too. So, no, they had a good, really good side. So I went to extra time? Yeah, well, I came on and uh, went to extra time. And uh, again, I went to right right midfield. And again, I was I was feeling good, getting my good touches, wasn't losing the ball, getting forward, putting some good crosses in, dangerous play and, you know, good one-twos and all that. Yeah, but I ended up finishing uh, nil all. And then uh, extra time, nil all. And then we ended up going to another penalty shootout. <laughs> up stepped and here I am stepping up again. And again, you took the first one. <laughs> yeah, I ended up taking the first one, and I think the crowd was a bit more disbelieving this time because I heard, <laughs> I remember the crowd saying, "Oh, you know, geez." <laughs> but the boys, they were, they were confident in me, so yeah, and I ended up, thankfully, I ended up sliding it in. And uh, the rest of the penalty shootout. Yeah, because there was another hero that day. Yeah, Dragon Radich. He was yeah. amazing. He was absolutely amazing. Again, he got called in. The last few games, because I think Sean Cahill was the goalkeeper back then, Timmy Cahill's brother. Yep. And um, yeah, he he couldn't, he was unfit. So Dragon stepped up and made he had a he had the moment of his life, I reckon, saving two spot kicks against Minio and I can't remember who else missed, but um, yeah, we ended up winning and first Do grand you final those, triumph. Those oh, that was yeah. I just remember the crowd running on and I was <laughs> in the middle somewhere, and it was just. Um, first you know Premier League grand final for the club and I never thought that would happen and I was part of it sort of thing so yeah definitely uh, it's in, pretty surreal in the, the preceding two weeks as well and and I guess you know uh, like you said you had mates there and that was one of the primary reasons and they would have been watching and yeah and even going back to your grandfather I guess he would have been super yeah he, proud he was there yeah my grand my father my I guess your dad, and, you yeah. said your dad was reluctant but you went to 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 games with your grandfather so yeah, um, yeah there was a bond with him definitely and yeah he was there and all his friends they were all you know amazed and come up to me and all the supporters they there's white eagle supporters honestly the 
best bunch of supporters you can ever meet. Like I'm biased, obviously, but yeah, um, you know they were so so happy for me, and I ended up we ended up going back to the RSL after that Coromel RSL. We had a yeah. big function there, and it was a good time. And I and I guess as well, um, it's just amongst many people that I've interviewed that. Um, like a lot of places around Australia, different communities settled here, but um, the Illawarra has, a, I guess, a, a, quite a few different clubs from different backgrounds, yep. so it just adds to... Yeah, it adds to the spice, adds, definitely. Adds to it all. Yep. So at the end of that year, um, at 98, um, uh, what were the potential moves that, that you could have uh, made? Well, the club had some connection with Marconi back then, and... I ended up getting after that game. They were, the connections were impressed, and um, I ended up getting a offered to trial with Marconi Youth Grade. I trialed with the Wolves as well. I'm not sure if it was before that grand final. It was around that time because, um, but I ended up missing the the last trial. I got through the first couple of trials, but I ended up missing that last side that was chosen. Um, and then I played the grand final. Then after that, I got set up to go to Marconi trial. Yep. Up in some. Um, up in Fairfield, and um, so I went to two trials, and I, and, I, and I performed really well. They were happy to to basically put me on. You know what I mean? Um, Nicky Carl was there. I remember trialing, and he was he was I think roughly the same age as me, but he was he was one of the guys I vividly remember. And um, but then I finished school that year. I didn't have enough, quite enough points to go to uni, and I I thought, what am I doing? Am I going to play? Am I going to Get a, I had a job, and then Westpac, I got a job through Westpac Bank. Yep. And my mum and dad pretty much advised me, look, you're better off getting this job. Yeah. Um, you know, because it can potentially be a stepping stone or something for you, you know what I mean? So soccer was always my passion, but having hindsight, you know, I wish I maybe took that gamble, but yeah. I ended up taking a job over the over the position at Marconi. It's probably uh, one that 99% of us would have taken as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things, I guess. And so, where did you end up uh, end up going then? You you stayed um, that yeah. year with the White Eagles. Yeah, I stayed. But it was a different year. For yeah, ninety nine, two thousand. Look, I have to admit, these were, you know, just very disappointing. You know, I had, I turned eighteen. You know, like, you know, I started going out with the mates. Soccer yeah. wasn't really the same as what it was. You know, three four years ago, uh, which was silly. It's all you know, self inflicted. You know, but. Um, you know, I got the job and, you know, I was getting money and I was going out with my friends and just enjoying myself. You know, soccer was there, but it was just more of a, you know, a hobby there on the weekend just to basically muck around. And, you know, I was still playing well, but it just I wasn't having, I didn't probably have that, that passion that I needed to, to kick on a bit. And um, you were predominantly youth grade in those, those Yeah, look, the, I had, we had a new coach. The club got booted out of um, PCYC, Herb Cluner, so I ended up going... We ended up playing at Brandon Park, and it was yeah, something. It was just not right. You know, the club was was on its last sort of legs there as a as a self entity. Wollongong White Eagles, the, they had no money, and uh, reserve grade we were getting pumped. I remember youth grade we were okay, we were still competitive, but we were losing a lot more than winning. And you know, the club asked me, Dragon Kishikani, he was the coach. He asked me a lot of numerous times to play first grade. I didn't want to. Not that he was a bad guy or a bad coach. I just I wasn't really interested. Yeah, I just sort of wasted those couple of years there. And um, for yourself, uh, it's easier now as a as a man to sort of reflect on that mm. and say, well, maybe I should have given it more of a go. But 
life is what it is. But yep. you still kept playing, didn't you? In in um, I think it was uh, the end of '99. Yeah. Um, and and then yep. you're talking about um, the issues that the club had, but they then merged with uh, Albion Park in in yep. 2000. So yep. um, for you, that sort of didn't change um, what you were doing. You you went out there. I followed the club down, and you know they wanted me to stay. And you know it was a bit of a drive for me back then, yeah. from Wollongong to Albion Park. But um, my loyalty was with the club. I didn't really have much where else to go, you know, anywhere else to go then, you know, basically because I wasn't really performing as what I should have been. But and that's the year that they ended up being relegated. Well, that was the yeah, that was yeah. That we didn't first. have yeah. I, I don't remember much of that year to be honest. There was there were struggles in all three grades. It was a good setup. The ground was okay there, but um, it was a different club to what I what I knew, sort of thing. But um, yeah, it wasn't the best time in my playing career, that's for sure. And after that sort of tough season, and then moving out to Albion Park, um, uh, what were you thinking then? Did you did you contemplate a move somewhere else, or or did you think, no, nah, that I'll stick with stick yeah, with well, the club and and see if we can get out of. Yep. Out of the first division? Yeah, well, that was it. That was first division then. And I thought, well, the club approached me and they said, you know, we want you to turn it around for us. And, you know, we want to build a team around you, basically. And and I ended up, you know, staying. And, you know, I didn't really have much else to go to. But I ended up playing first grade that year straight away. In and 2001. 2001. It was, it was Peter Willis. That, Peter um, Willis was there. He was... Because he's, um, you know... Uh, professional in England, yeah, yeah, came yeah. out here yeah, in himself, yeah. so yeah, yeah. you would have known of him. Yeah, so I knew of him. He was, you would I remember, have been impressed. Yeah, no, Peter was a really good really good guy, good coach. He brought some experienced heads there, Ian Morris, Tony Donovan, Steve Macheski came in goals, and then I remember we still had David Petrovic then. He came as well. I think that was the first year he came to the club as well. But yeah, he didn't. Peter didn't last as long as what I thought he should have. We were going okay. We were coming third or fourth, but the club had big plans to get promoted to and get go back, straight and, back up. go straight back up. And you know, we were we were playing good, uh, but we needed. I think the club wanted us basically to go all in for um, promotion, uh, which was something we didn't just we ended up finishing third or fourth that year. So the club sort of with a few rounds to go, then then changed Peter. Oh no, it was earlier. I think yep. it was early in the piece. It might have been halfway through, and then Phil Matthias came in. Another great guy, champion bloke, yeah. and he was um he was just a winner. Phil, he's um really good guy, and again I learned a lot. Peter as well, I learned a lot lot from him. You know, in my midfield because he 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 taught me a lot of the runs and stuff like that, positional stuff in midfield, and uh, nothing but respect for for the both of them really. And so for for you and the playing group, was it even though um. You weren't sort of running away with the league, but you were third and fourth. You yeah. were still in it. Was yeah, we were still it, was in it. Was it a bit of a disappointment, or did oh. did you sort of feel we knew slightly we gonna... responsible in in a, in a playing group, or at that at that age you just yeah. thought? No, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really feel the responsibility. But you know, we were there in the finals hunt. Um, within the group, we were confident in ourselves, and we ended up. You know, having a good semi-final. Once we're in finals, everything's different, as you know. You know what I mean. But again, the club's ultimate thing was the promotion, but we didn't quite achieve. But we still had a good, successful season. We ended up winning that 2001 first division grand final. Yeah. So yeah. up until that point, yeah, you had a good run in final series, and and yep. you know uh, the '98 um, final series and grand final. So this year, even though you didn't get the promotion, it was still. 
uh, a relative success. Yeah, no, and what was... do you recall of that grand final against Tarawana? Because I think they got promoted that year. I remember it was a, again, it was at Balls Paddock. And yeah, it was a tight, it was a real tight game. It wasn't the best for the purest, I don't think. It wasn't much, you know, it was more of a, a slugfest in the middle there and a bit of an attrition battle. But no, we, we ended up getting through. We won the game. I think it was an own goal, actually, that was the winner. But, um, you know, we take it, I guess, in the grand <laughs> final. So, yeah, no, we were happy, definitely. And and the following year, uh, in 2002, it was a, a vastly different year. You know, you pretty much took the, the first division by storm that year. Yeah, that was the year that the club went undefeated in the league that year. I think Steve Macheski took over that year in coach. So that was his first, first grade of experience. And he, he done really well. He brought in... So he, Phil, Phil initially was Phil, going to be asked, but didn't want oh, it. I don't know what happened there again. My whether, apologies. There. No, that's all right. Um, whether they, Phil was let go or whether he didn't want to keep going, I don't know the exact. But they ended up getting Steve to coach. So was that a, a left field, out of left field appointment pretty because much. he was in the, the yeah, playing he, group the year before? Yeah, pretty much because he was still young then. He was like young, you know, for a goalkeeper. He was only thirty-one, whatever. So he could have kept playing. He, I think, he always had a grand plan to coach in the Premier League yep. and, and that was his big break I think because um, Michael Bodanovich asked him to, to coach the squad and he ended up putting Dave Petrovic up front which was a genius move because he ended up scoring 50 goals yeah, from, um, from a, I think that's a record still yeah now. that's I, I haven't I couldn't find anything else when uh, you mentioned that yeah no nah, he was he was so on fire that year, that year um, yeah, no, I, I was I was You're playing sort of well. Back in the zone. I was playing well midfield again, um, but I was going overseas. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a Europe trip booked, so again with the mates. Yeah, we went three months to Europe, so I missed a fair bit of that season. <laughs> and, and you did a, a, a thing that um, you don't always see that that when you did return, you could have just rejoined the squad and, and took your spot, even though prior undefeated when before you left, mm, and they're yeah. undefeated when yeah. you returned, but. Um, I guess you made a quite mature and and thoughtful decision yeah. just to. No, I, was, I didn't. I didn't want to get him you know, disrupt the, anything. Yeah. They were they were playing well. So I talked to Steve and I just said, mate, is it going well enough? You know, I don't need to. By the time I get myself up to speed again, you know, I think let the boys keep going and then end up then up winning the grand final that year as well and winning the league. So we end up getting promoted again. And for yourself, um, that next year with. Uh, Steve at the helm, you, you had no hesitation in in uh, going back into Premier League with the Albion Park White Eagles uh, in 2003? The club said that we were going to make some signings and, 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 and assemble a really good squad, and we did. And I was you know more than happy to, to be a part of it. I remember players that they brought in, Tony Sekulowski, Ben Blake, David Kerr, who was, I think, the best defender I've ever played with. Vic Custable was there. He was yep. a great little player. And plus we still had Petro and, and Corley, Krajnik was there still. So we had a really good side, attacking side. Always play good football. Without, we always try to keep it on the deck and play. Never wanted to go long and into the channels and all that. We always tried to play the ball around. So it was a good, it was a good to play in that team because everyone knew how to, to bounce the ball off each other and, and play the game properly. And, and that's the way Steve wanted to play then? Yeah, yeah. He was always in that that setup, you know, like that 3-5-2 setup, but, you know, predominantly ball playing midfield and... Getting getting wide and and using the the wing backs as well, but you know he was along those lines and wanting us to play play out from the back, try to keep the ball as best as we could. And and you spoke about Dave Kerr. Uh, what were the sort of 
attributes that made him a, a very good defender. Oh, he just his his reading off the game, his aerial presence. He was a tall guy, but he could win every header, one on one. He was just, you know, there wasn't any guys getting past him. I remember back then, and vocally, he'd give me a lot of confidence playing in the midfield behind him. Have someone like him, you know. We had Nicola Glovan too. He was a he was a guy from Sydney, a Serbian guy. He was a good he was a great player too, defender. We had a really good side that year. We should have finished a lot higher yeah, than what we did. Yeah, we finished. Finals. I think we finished six, but a lot of draws. But a couple of games we should have won, but we didn't. Some of the players we had then, we should have finished a lot higher. I thought. And for yourself, um, you're sort of back into it and and really enjoying sort of putting yourself against the other IPL players and teams. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You know, after that 2002 season, I come back from Europe. I really wanted to start, you know, focusing again on my football and having a proper crack at it. So I got myself really fit. I was always priding myself on my fitness as well. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing against, you know, the Kemble Warriors, the Paul Kemblers, Conistons, Cringillas. They were all, you know, a good size, a good players. And it was a good league back then. And was there anyone that you sort of, over those years where you were in, um, in the IPL? Um, there was there any sort of uh, opponents that you'd really really challenge you or you look forward to sort of putting yourself against well yeah again um i go back to minio he was there at port kembla he was the you know their talisman there he was just you know number 10 number eight whatever you want to call him but he was he was a, he was a great player um i remember david reed he was again for picton he was yeah. he was how many people? David Reed was a top player. Like he could, he could have been anything. David Reed, you know, if you have Vladis Serbanovsky from Kono, he was a great ball player. Even all those midfield guys, I sort of rated because I versed them a lot. Yeah. Lipcho Namoski, I remember him from '98. He was, he was like, you know, ex-Yugoslavia professional back then. You know what I mean? He was so pro, and whatever he did, he was just always professional about things. So it was a good, good learning experience playing against them guys. And uh, yourself, the squad that you've had, so, um, you know, uh, one of the sort of top eight clubs that, you know, pays players, um, did you see that as a, as a responsibility that, look, I'm getting paid a, a little bit of money on the side here, so I'm going to put in a, a professional effort in terms of turning up to training and, and making myself, you know, look as best as possible? Yep, definitely, you know. Playing, as, playing with these guys, the, the guys I was telling you about, you know, Ben Blake, ex-Wolves player, you know, David Kerr, these guys, you turn up, you've got to train properly, you know, you can't you can't have nights off. It was a good group, you know, like it was a good quality, the sessions were good, Steve, you know, he would make, he would work as hard. Yep. The training sessions, it's like a lot of guys would say, that that was the best part of it sometimes, you know, playing at training and all that, you, you'd see some good stuff out there. So although in uh, 2003 it wasn't a a great year for, for the White Eagles. Um, there was still a chance that you were uh, uh, having a trial with the Wolves? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, 2003, we're talking. Yeah, 2003. I was I was having a good season that first year back in the in the IPL. Um, I'm not sure how it came about, but I ended up, I think the club received a phone call, or Steve received it, um, saying that Turner and the Wolves were interested in looking at me, and I think, Petro was also asked and Dave Kerr and I think from recollection I went to one trial but then I got injured and again I was you know they were interested and uh, I think it was their last season of NSL too yeah, back then so 
but for whatever reason, I got ended up getting injured. I got, had a history of hammy injuries over the years, and I and actually, of all the times, I got a hamstring injury around that time. <laughs> but that sort of petered out. But there was definitely interest in there. I remember there was a bit of a sp- spread in the mercury about it as well. And I was always probably after that next step, but then it just for some whatever reason, sometimes it just didn't work out. So. Yeah, but there was there was a bit of interest from from John Turner at that time. For whatever reason, at the at the end of two thousand and four, the the club was knocked out in the the grand final qualifying final by mm. by the eventual winners, Paul Kemba. Yeah. Um, Steve, uh, for whatever reason, um, stepped down, and uh, Rob Giraudi was uh, was appointed first grade coach. Yep. Um, uh, that didn't really change anything for you. You were. Still sort of well now, yeah. Now I had offers to go yeah. other other clubs now because um, I had a good two years there. Yeah, playing wise, and I don't know the reason. Again, I don't know what happened, but again, a bit of instability at the club. The money wasn't there as what it probably was before. You know, so Steve had left. Took you know Tony Sekolowski left. A few other guys had left, and there wasn't you know it wasn't the same nowhere near the same level of player. Jason Koncheski left. Harvey Rodriguez was there. That 2004, he left. He went back to Port. So I was one of the only ones left, basically. And so you did, I guess, yeah, like you said, you had a couple offers, and I won't go into them. Yeah. But, but you did contemplate. Yeah, I definitely, I, def- I definitely contemplated at that time because I could, I could see the way the club was projecting. You know, it was going back towards that bottom end of the, the table. The table again. I could see it. You know, the player, player group, talent-wise, wasn't quite there. It was what it was before and um, I was genuinely thinking about leaving that, that time but I, I stuck loyal which probably you know maybe a lot of people wouldn't do but I ended up doing staying loyal and, and trying to help the club get back to a bit of um, better position there and so Rob uh, had the team and and he's ended up finishing 10th out of 14 teams in yeah. 2005 so yeah but Rob didn't last a season either there yeah. which was no fault of his own it's just that quality of player was there and then Steve ended up coming back which is <laughs> I don't know how that all came about but yeah he came back and then we made some signings in Sydney got some transfers you know Joe Bruni I remember Mickey Simonovic came down helped us out a bit tried to get the club away from relegation which is what we achieved and yeah again a bit of a bit of a letdown but um, considering the last couple of years that I had previously you know so the the following year, uh, and I think in that 2005, um, you know, the youth grade uh, won the uh, IPL youth grade mm. grand final. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's first grade where it matters. Yep. Um, Steve was, I guess, back at the club in 2006. Um, yep. Again, not a, not a great year. Yep. Um, you know, reading through some of the names... Um, in the newspapers of that year, there were still some quality players um, at the club. So, um, you know, is it sort of frustrating sometimes when you have seasons like that? Uh, what, in 2006? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, again, with the, we brought in a couple... Mitchell came... Blows, I remember Mitchell came in, but that was second half of the year because he was at RP, I think, that start of the year. Yep. The start of that season wasn't that good. We were getting tailed up a bit. Um, I remember Danny came in the comp that yeah. I think it was year 2005 they came in and they touched us up a couple of times there but again the the playing squad wasn't the strongest me personally I was I was playing well but even in 05 I was I was playing well you know I probably didn't have the support I probably could have used 
as what we had before. Um, but I was, I was a little bit disillusioned, you know what I mean? Here we are in 2003, four building, and then out of yeah. nowhere, we fall off again, and it's sort of, oh, here we go. Just getting so close to getting back to the top, and then we've fallen back again, and who knows how we're going to get back to the top again, you know? So, But it was an eye-opener. You get those hard years, and you've got to learn from them, Travis. So, I've, I've, you know, not everything's you know, smooth sailing in the game, I don't think. You learn from your, your hard experiences and your, you know, losing sometimes as well as winning, you know what I mean? So that's what I found out in those two years. And do you think as well that um, it might have been an easier decision to leave? And that, like you said, you learn a lot of lessons, but, um, you know, there, there's players that I guess we both know sometimes will will chase uh, winning mm. teams. Yeah, definitely. Not necessarily money. Yeah, um, no, that's true. You know, so it's not such a bad thing to to have years like that. Yeah, no, look, it was it was tough. Um, we were the club itself was on its you know they were on their knees a bit. Um, you know, and playing wise on the pitch, it was hard. You know, like you know we had a lot of youth grade guys come up help us out, which was hard on them. You know, they come off winning a grand final, so the club tried to make a sort of a push the youth grade guys up a bit, but they weren't probably not quite ready. Because um, it was a strong league back then. You had some really good... Yeah, like you said, Dan DeLue would... Dan DeLue would come on the block. Paul Kembler was always strong, you know. Bulleye was starting Bulleye, to get the you know, you had Tarawana, all them, you know, they're hard to play against those sides, you know. Dapto, Stuart Beattie was there, you know. So it was, hard, it was a hard comp, and but anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> but the, the next year, the club turned it around, um, 2007, mm. and uh, it culminated in... Um, you guys are winning the grand final against Bulleye at Korean Park. Uh, what do you remember of that year and, and that grand final? Yeah, well, I remember that year, like the pre-season, uh, the club went around changing things, you know, playing-wise, and they got some bit more money back in. Um, and we had brought in some players that could help, you know. We got Cord Tolson, Norm Wicker, yep. Aaron O'Brien, who's a champion guy, Anthony Matthews. You know, so all these guys were known around the league then. Yeah. And they, um, and straight away you could see everything lifted, you know. We had a, an English guy come over, Adam Johnson and Andre yeah. from Queensland. They joined and they were, everything just, you know, worked that year. We were a little bit inconsistent at the start, but playing some really good football as well. So, yeah, I remember the second half of the year we end up nabbing um, Asagi at Araro from the Wolves. Yep. And he just and Arthur Dillis actually from Sydney Olympic and they just pushed us to the next level. And then from there, that second half of the year I thought, oh, this is gonna something's gonna happen here. I think we were on a good roll. Uh, momentum was building and playing good good stuff as well. And um yeah, we ended up I'm not sure where we finished, but we ended up having to do the hard way and <laughs> we won three elimination finals. And got into the grandy and, and won it. So it was... and and what do you recall of that game against Bulloy? Bulloy, yeah, I was at Korean Park. It was an absolute. The field was cut up. It was. <laughs> I couldn't believe we were playing on this. The surface, Korean Korean Park, was always yeah brilliant. But for some reason, the the field was shocking, absolutely shocking. And as a ball player, I just I'm thinking, oh, geez, what am I going to do here? I was bouncing up on your shin and all that, but. <laughs> May was the game. I had the game of my life, honestly. The game of my career was probably that 07 grand final. I just it was everything. I was just keeping the ball, defending on the, you know, behind the ball, going forward. I was just creating, playing, playing well. Just yeah, it was just one of those games you have, and 
you're in the zone a bit. So that's yeah, that was my, I think that was my performance that I the best performance I put in. And so uh, it's one thing to to win a grand final, but to then perform in in the big games, which yeah. you had done even as a youngster in '98, mm. and mm. It, it must be you know something that you think inside with fondness and, yeah, and feeling definitely. proud. Yeah, definitely, it was a proud moment. You know, I got some good. Good feedback from a few local players, and they all said, you know, you played really well that game, and it was a, you know, as a compliment. And I remember, yeah, because those couple of years was previously were hard, so you know, to win that next year was, you know, that was that was amazing, you know, just to wipe all that bad memory away and and lift the grand final trophy again. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, and um, going a big crowd again. So <laughs> yeah, well, Korean Park, and mm. you know, I guess you had sort of two big moments with. With the same club mm. in grand finals, you yeah, know, no, once was, at Brandon Park and yeah, once at Cream. Yeah, no, it was it was a really. You look at back, you look back at now, and you, you know you love. You know you, you always think about those times, and it goes so quick. But yeah, no, it was a great time, great time, great day as well. And do you think that's where um, some people may have uh, underrated you in terms of, like you said, you were fit. You know, technically, you were at a certain level as well, but it was the mental part. Like it could have been quite easy to maybe put a bit of a mental hurdle in your head, seeing the ground at the start of the match, or or going there and then, you know, yep. the best parts of your game are taken away from you, yeah. so to speak. But yeah. you still perform. Yeah, no, yeah, I've, you know, I found that yeah, when when the game was harder and when there was more at stake, I ended up, you know, I I tend to rise to those those games a lot. So I always liked that challenge. The bigger the moment, the bigger the game. I always thought I'd perform pretty well on those type of bigger games you know consistently maybe in the league sometimes I would a couple of games there you'd switch off but on the bigger games when it when it mattered I, I thought I always sort of you know had a good game in me so yeah no it was it was a good day and could you believe the following year that that um still under Steve as well that the the club would would win the double um you obviously had a a, a good bunch of players there in in 2008 a very good bunch but um yep. Obviously, you'd think you top three or four proposition, um, but could mm. you believe how the year unfolded? No, well, that was the big goal. Now was just to push on, and next step was to win the league. Yep. I never won the league before. I always looked at clubs like Port and Kemble Warren in the early two thousands. They were winning the league, and you know, it's good to win a grand. It's great, to, probably the better, best time is to win a grand final, best moment. But to, I reckon, to solidify yourself as a team. You got to win that league at least once, you know what I mean? And you know, we we had a great group that year. We added uh, Harvey came back to the second stint at the club. Harvey Rodriguez and Chris Smith, yeah, was a great player. I used to love playing with Chris Smith. Uh, Jordan Lando was an out and out gun as a striker, and yeah, they joined and yeah, they they probably propelled us to that to that next step. And what about Chris? Uh, speak a bit about him as yeah, like Chris. He just had that link-up play. He wasn't a nine, like an out-and-out striker. He was just that little number 10 sort of player, second striker. But, you know, as a midfielder, you'd play a ball, in, and every midfielder will tell you this, you play a ball into him, it would stick, you'd get it back off him. He would, His first touch was immaculate. You play a little around the corner pass, you knew he was going to be there. Just little things like that, you know what I mean? And, and he was so good for us that year. He ended up scoring a cracker in that grand final. I was right behind him that day. <laughs> And I'd missed a penalty, funny enough, that day. And you know, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that we were down one nil. You know, we conceded from a set piece, and I was playing well that day. But 
we got a penalty. I missed it, and then Chris saved us that day. He, he scored an absolute cracker to get us. Um, actually, Jordan scored first to get us level, and then Chris scored the go-ahead goal, and I was right behind him, and it was, a, it was an absolutely amazing goal to score. Yeah, I remember watching the game, but being behind it must have been amazing. No, it was just the way it went, just the way it went in. It curled out from the far post, went back in with his natural curl that he had. Yeah, it was an amazing goal. So yeah. And prior to that, winning the league, um, yeah. uh, did, what was the feeling once you'd won the league? Um, you know, it's not like a, a grand final, but there's still a lot of satisfaction there. Was it everything that you thought it would be? Yeah, no, it was. It's not quite like winning the the grand final, as in the, that pure emotion. But to know that you were the best side that year on on points, basically, and the table proves it. You know, I hadn't lost that year. I think the games, the two games we had lost, I ended up. I was away from my wedding, so <laughs> Mitchell always reminds me of that too. Mitchell blows, but um, yeah, that was a that was a good year. That was, you know, that was probably yeah the peak peak year for the club and myself, I guess. The next couple of years after doing the double in 2008, um, in 2009 and 10, the, the club was still uh, very competitive, being fourth and second. Yep. Um, for yourself personally, was it a case of mixed emotions because you had reached the, the top and, and, and from what I'm gathering through the notes before the interview and, and talking to you now that you, you, know, you set high benchmarks for yourself. Um, was it a case of some slight disappointment? Yeah, a little bit of disappointment. Um, we lost a few players again, but we replaced them with some good quality as well. So, um, you know, Aaron left, he went to Tara, but we brought in Steve Dimitrevsky, who's well known as well around the traps and um, a good player. Um, and we had good seasons. We still finished, you know, second and fourth. We made a grand final qualifier. Had a lot of. I remember I got injured that that game as well, and I had to miss it the qualifier. But you know you need a bit of luck as well with injuries and stuff like that. They were they were good years too. You know you can't say they weren't bad yeah. years. They were good years, solid years. So I was playing. I was still playing well. I thought. So 2011, um, uh, Steve had stepped away from from the position. So who came in in 2011? Yeah, Tony Namoski came in. Yeah. And Tony was a good coach, but I, I was I was unfit that year. I I ended up going for um for surgery from my hernia. I had a double yep. hernia operation. So I'd missed that pretty much that whole year. I came back and helped youth grade out coaching them that yep. year and and played a few games with the youth grade boys, which was fun. But yeah, just to get myself back with the rehab and that. But I ended up I ended up having um basically the whole year off in first grade that year. And was that your your first taste taste of coaching? Yeah, it was that yes. Year? That, and, yeah, and that, you, yeah, that? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the. They were a good side, but they just didn't believe in themselves. But yeah, we we had some good results and. We got them off the bottom, so that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> and when we talk about um, Steve Mischewski, um, uh, I guess you saw him uh, start out as a coach, as a younger coach and as a younger man. Um, mm. How did you see him evolve and, and, and what's he like as a coach? Steve's a good mate of mine. You know, to this day, we're, really, we're pretty very, very close still. And just to see what he'd done with that club is, I don't think you'd see too many people do what he'd done you know you, you compare him to like what Alston did with Port and that but you know the club was on its knees there a couple of times and to build that club up into what he you know to what it is now basically is you know it's a lot of work from from guys like Steve and the committee there and you know he evolved himself he learned on the 
as he, as he was going forward, coaching and all that. He was a real hard trainer. He made us train hard, you know. His sessions were hard. He was that old school style of coach, you know, fitness and all that. But as a motivator, like man, like manager, talker, he was second to none, you know. Like, and then as he got more experience, his sessions and all that, you know, they were getting enjoyable as well. But yeah, his 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 man management skills was what I thought set him apart. And uh, the the last uh, uh, couple of years at the at the club. Um, uh, you know what were they like for you? 2012 mm. through to 13 and 14. Um, yep. You were sort of heading to the end of yep. of your career, um, and and I think the club had had Alfredo Estevez um, yep. as a coach and and a couple of other guys. But can you talk us through those last yeah. two or three years? Yep. Um, so yeah, 2012, Alfredo was was on board, and he was he was good. Alfie was a really Really good coach, ball playing coach. You know, all the ball. There was <laughs> there was no fitness back like preseason slogs and all that. It was all ball, so I enjoyed that being over thirty. Then, you know, yeah, and he was he was a breath of fresh air in a way, like with his sessions and that. And then we had you know we had a couple of good years there, and you know we we're finishing mid table and all that. So you know I wasn't too displeased of how I was playing, but I knew my injuries are catching up. And uh, Steve actually came back twenty fourteen. And he was coaching the team that year, which was fitting because, you know, it was my last year with with the Eagles in in Premier League. So. And did you know that that was going to be uh, yeah your last year, or had you made your mind up at the start of the year? Or yeah, as you... as I was playing that year, I knew um, my wife was expecting our second child, and oh, actually no, back actually I'm wrong. We we had the second child, but it was just getting you know she was a bit strapped at home with the the newborn and all that, yeah. and the injuries were catching up with me and. Yeah, I knew that that 2014 was going to be the the last year, and just you know finish off playing, you know in the in a decent level, and I thought I did and that. And do you remember your last game? Yeah, it was against Bulleye away at Bull, Bulls Paddock. They, I think they won that game to win the league, so there was a lot of fanfare over there for because they won the league for the first time I think for a while. Yeah. So yeah, that sort of was muted a bit the way I I finished off, but uh, no regrets, mate. That's that's how it goes. And are you pretty proud? Um, we'll talk a bit about some other bits and pieces, but yep. are you pretty proud of, um, uh, of what you've given to the club? You know, because there was some opportunities there, like you said, and mm. and there was some disappointments, but um, you know, you always were committed, yeah, and and stood firm and yep. and aligned yourself with the club for a long time. Long time, yeah, definitely. You, won't, you know, I don't think that many players would probably stick it out in one club like what I'd done. I, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I gave my all for the for the shirt, for the for the badge, and um, for the supporters, I guess. Um, and personally, you know, I prided myself on my performances. I'd always try to give it my all, and if I, I knew if I had a bad game, I, I would be dirty on myself. But at the same time, I enjoyed the wins, and you know, it was it was up and down. But you know, you you take that, and you got some success in there, so you can't come can't complain too much. Yeah, and um, after this, yeah, you then. Um uh, played a few years of amateurs. Uh, how have you found that? I enjoyed that. Less training, so you know you have your little summer sessions and all that, which is good. But then during the middle of winter, you don't have to bother about training, <laughs> which is always nice. And play on a Saturday afternoon. So and so you've been playing is it, um, with the Pumas predominantly. Yeah, yeah. I played yes from 2015 basically till till this season until it got till it got cut short. But yeah, that was it was good. 
because um, for people outside the area and, and there are, you know, 20 to 30 that are listening outside the Illawarra, yep. you know, Pumas is probably the best run amateur club oh, it's in, in the Illawarra and, um, and it's not just about success, it's what they do off the park yeah, as well, Yeah, their structure it? there, the way they run the club is, you know, that's Premier League first grade stuff really. Yeah, just, you know, their functions, their, their attention to detail, the family ethic, you know what I mean? It's all about the family and they make a big point about that when you sign, and you know you always go back to the frat for a beer and a pizza and all that. So no, it's it was definitely enjoyable. I guess um, you know over 17 seasons you've played with a lot of people uh, at White Eagles and and played against a lot of others. Um, was there? Can you name a few players or a, a couple of players that you look back on now and think it was great to play with or against those guys? You know, you don't. You hate to single someone out, but there were so many talented guys. You know, I mentioned Chris Smith. I mentioned David Kerr. You know, Harvey Rodriguez was always a close mate of mine and such a solid performer every week. You know, you knew you were going to get. But then you had guys like Jason Kincheski, who was just a freak of a player. And you know, Aaron O'Brien, a champion guy. You know, too many guys really to. And playing against, you know. Um, I mentioned Minio, but then you had Paul Gaffney as well. He was, you know, on the ball, dribbling-wise. Jeez, what a freak he was. You know, there was a lot of guys playing there in the league then that were David um, Reid that I mentioned as well, Lupcho. So, yeah, there's a, there's a number of players that I could, I could mention. And um, in terms of White Eagles, um, can you talk about your, uh, your family's involvement at the club and, and what that's meant to you? Yeah, well, there's a, definitely a connection there with the club. Um, grandfather, Marco, he was always there. He was, you know, known around the the Serbian community here in Wollongong. He was always involved in the with the soccer club, the Serbian Orthodox Church, you know. And my father, Milenko Mick, he had a lot to do with the Albion Park White Eagles, especially yeah. in, the, in the merger. He was a president there for a few years. Um, so, yeah, he helped out a lot as well. And, and what about the the White Eagles, uh, some of the, the committee um, that have been involved over the years and, mm. and other volunteers Yep. while you I, were there? Yeah, the Padanovic uh, brothers, my, Michael and, and Miele, uh, they were very influential and still are to this day. Frank Zamet now with the Albion Park side of the White Eagles, he, was, he still is involved and he's a great guy. Early days, Rud Martovic was involved, he was also... Influential, and then you got current guys like um, Marco and Goran Nikolic and Dragon Burazor, who are also involved now, and the, and, the, and they're doing good things there at the moment. You've got um, your family now, and and they're involved in the sport. Can you talk about um, a bit about them in terms of how it makes you feel to to see them play the sport? Yeah, we've got two sons, so they're, they're especially the oldest one, Christian. He's he's involved. He's been. He loves the game a lot, and Stefan's starting to get into it. He's a lot younger, but you know I, I enjoy watching them and travelling, taking them to training, and watching them on the weekends. And I, I've coached them, at, you know, starting out and all that. And you know, they enjoy the game, which is always always good. And is that a great feeling for you that you thought maybe after your playing days, although you're playing amateurs, that you maybe couldn't have had those highs again? Yeah. That you sort of you know, getting a bit more of a spark back again yeah. for football. Yeah, definitely. Watching your, your kids always is enjoyable, as any dad would testify to. So, um, you know, I, whatever they want in the game, they can, you know, aim high and, and see where it takes them. And, and, and finally, um, 
you know your family they must have been a, a great support to you over the years and in playing you know over two decades um, at the club so um, you must be you know very honored and proud of their support that you've had over the years yeah yeah my father was you know he was a he wasn't always into it but you know fair play he um he took me on and you know, we got, he took me around, especially in the early days, and then he sort of left it up to me. He didn't pressure me too much after that, you know. And my, and my mother too; she was, you know, supportive and all that. But um, you know, all in all, yeah, they, they were they were helpful. They used to love taking, watching me, you know, especially playing for the Laura Lions. You know, they follow me around Sydney and all that, watching me. So they they enjoyed that. And all in all, yeah, they were. I think they're proud of what what I achieved in the game. And and your partner, obviously. Uh a lot of support in the, yeah. the latter part of your career. <laughs> yeah, she was. Um, she didn't quite realise how much I loved the game. I don't <laughs> think, um, but she's used to it now. And yeah, she she loves watching the kids just as much as me, if not more. I get too nervous watching them. <laughs> but um, no, she's uh, she's she's awesome. Yeah, she she loves watching them, and she'll travel wherever the Christian plays or Stefan plays. She want to watch as much as she can. And finally, where to for you now in terms of football? Uh, what do you see in the future for you? Um, if there's any going to be any involvement in the game locally? Well, yeah, funny enough, I've I've been offered the White Eagles youth grade coach. So I'm, I'm doing that with Harvey. Harvey's yep. going to help me out, Rodriguez. So there's, you know, there's a friendship there that goes back a while, and doing it a bit full circle and trying to coach now. So um, I, I love the game. You know, I, I always. You know, I try to watch as much as I can. I try to play still down the park with the boys, with the son's friends and all that, try to help them out. And, you know, as long as I can stay involved and watch or whatever, I'm happy. Well, it's uh, been fascinating. Um, it's really uh, pumped me up listening to, to your journey and, and I'm really respectful and, and thankful that you allowed me into your home and, and over the course of uh, hours went through your career and... And, and today, let me do this interview with you. David, thank you. It's been greatly appreciated. Thanks, Travis. Thank you. And on the line here at the Football United vs Soccer City podcast, I have Harvey Rodriguez. Harvey was a former teammate of David Grovax, and uh, I've got him on the line to uh, tell us a bit more about David. Harvey, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure, pleasure being here. Can you tell us a bit about David in terms of uh, first impressions from a football sense? You met him at Illawarra Lions in the mid-90s. Yeah, so um, me and David first crossed paths when we were 14. Um, when we, we both um, were playing for Illawarra Lions. We grew up through the youth ranks at the Lions. We're obviously we're teammates, but we also were close friends as well as family friends. We basically shared the same role. We, we played played in that centre centre midfield position, so yeah. we both complemented ourselves um, quite a bit in terms of the way we played. Yeah, David was always not only committed, but he was also he was always a, a smart footballer. He had that um, football brain that obviously distinguished him to others. That was what obviously was one of his strengths, just having that football knowledge, being able to read the game being able to provide that X factor in the team as well. So not only was he someone that could link link the whole the whole team and bring bring players into the game, he was also someone that can can win us games as well. So he definitely had that ability as a as a player at the Lions, and that obviously was the case as we grew up. Like you mentioned, um, we then crossed paths again at um, Albion Park. I think it would have been back in 2000-2001. 
2002, 2003, yep. in which at the time I was at Pukemba, and it was always my my intention to link up to Dave, not only from a personal level, but also to to play together. Because you know, me as a player, I always thought that I was better, diverse, and more uh, more a complete player when when I was playing alongside David. So that's the reason why that's why encouraged me to come back to White Eagles was to gain to, to link up again with David. And yeah, we shared some um, good years at White Eagles back in 2002, 2003. Um, I then. Left and then came back in 2008, in which yeah, me and David played quite a few um, years together there to at least 2013, 2014. But um, yeah, again, it was always um, it was always good to play with Dave, um, both from a personal level and um, and obviously sharing that that bond on, on the field as well. From when you saw him at Illawarra Lions to then you uh, played with him again, how had he changed as a player? David always had the same mentality as a player. He's, um, in terms of the way he played, he was always someone that um, definitely was a good passer of the ball. You know, in terms of reading the game and linking his teammates, the way David was as a player when he was 14 basically grew grew, grew with him all the way to senior levels. Okay. He never he never changed his way of playing, uh, and that's full compliment to himself. Like moving from youth to senior level, he came from that mentality, and he did. He did bring a game to him that was different to that distinguished him different to other players, not only in junior levels but also in senior levels. Just the way he played, he was an all-round ball player, and that was his game. From from the time we met um, and the time we played together, he was a ball player. He was um, someone that was always wanted to get as many touches on the ball throughout the game. He was someone that used to always linked up with players well. Yeah, he had the ability to you know, to make good runs in the box and score key goals as as well as also doing the dirty work defensively as well. But yeah, in terms of um David as a player, um that's something that's always sticks to mind, Dave. Like he, I think normally players you 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 have to sometimes change just due to you know, as you grow up, yeah. your physicality and all that. But David David always had that so the way that David played when he was 14 and 15 growing up is basically the same mentality and his same perspective and how he treated the game and and how he played the game. There were a few years there where you were not just teammates, but you were opponents. So um, how did you go when you had to play against him? Oh, it was always difficult from a personal level. <laughs> from both a personal personal level and obviously um, in the game situation. But, um, you know, we were fortunate enough that we had to play each other a few times. Um I do recall a few tough games. I think one of the I think Dave scored the winner against us. Yeah, like like everything. Obviously, we do respect each other as not only mates but also in the field. I think the key the key message that um, when I did play against David and was always trying to limit his touches and limit his involvement. Like yeah. we always knew when we played against David, we knew that he was basically the link for the whole team and he was basically the conduit that connected the fence to the to the forwards. So yeah, it was always. Yeah, and again, me knowing David, David's game and David knowing my game pretty back to front. The underlying message was yeah, throughout the whole team and during our times at Port Kemba was always trying to limit the touches of David within reason, obviously not not um, not dirty ways. Yeah. So that was always the key. And but yeah, we always we always had um, good games um, when we did play each other, and it was tough at times from a personal level. But um, 
there's always things that we used to always remember playing against each other. So, and uh, the 2008 season uh, that you were there at the at the White Eagles with him uh, was a special season. Um, uh, was it very satisfying? I think you just did the double that year, and and to do it amongst many other teammates and the coach and whatnot, and a great club. But was it even more special to do it with a, a personal friend? Oh yeah. So that 2008. From my years at Premier League, was always the year that sticks out for me. Obviously, we've done, we done the double. It was my first year back at White Eagles, and I was coming off the year that they won the grand final. So I was obviously um, coming to a team that was quite complete. Obviously, there was Steve Lachesky at the time that was coaching us. But again, my drive there in terms of returning back to the club was, yeah, to obviously link back with Steve, which I had in 2003. But personal-wise was to you know, go back to go back and play with David as well. But, yeah, that 2008 year, well, again, that year, me and David played together in that centre of, of the park. And, um, you know, for me personally, it was the most enjoyable year. It was a, it was a year that David actually got married. And I do I do remember that um, the games that um, David was away in his honeymoon were, the, well, I think, the two games that we lost that year. <laughs> uh, so it didn't, didn't make me look good. So, But, no, it was always that, 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 just that how, how important he was part of that team. It was definitely um, a special year for myself personally and you know, obviously winning it with David as well and playing together that, that whole year in that centre of the park obviously brings back good memories and, and like I said, it was definitely a year that we, we both enjoyed and yeah, it was good to always um, win the double. during a, yeah, It was a tough year that was quite competitive as well. So. And finally, um, obviously I'd like to thank you for your time and, and contributing to this podcast. Uh, you are now partnering together in in 2022 uh, as youth grade coaches at Albion Park White Eagles. How do you see that going? It was always one of my um, goals to, once I finished playing soccer personally, was to get back to coaching. And, you know, we, I think we made it quite honest between ourselves that if we were going to go back to coaching, that um, we want to do it together. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we did think about it um, the years leading, leading to this year and a couple of opportunities that we spoke about. But, um I think this year was probably the right year for ourselves personally. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely exciting. It's, it's new for us personally, um, coaching at that youth grade level. It's early days at the moment. Um, we've got the squad pretty much assembled. Yeah, it's good to be back to that um, personal space with David and you know, we're talking quite frequently. It's quite exciting being you know, coaching a young squad and, again, sharing our ideas. And you know, similarly, what we, you know, when we did play together, we did compliment ourselves and, I feel at the moment, even in these early stages, that we do complement ourselves and the way that we want to play and the way we want to structure the team is, you know, we share that same belief. So, yeah, like I said, it's new territory for us, but it's definitely um, exciting times for us. So, I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much, Harvey. I I sincerely appreciate your time and and wish you and David all the best in 2022. And uh, hopefully one day uh, I can speak to you further about your own career. All right. Thanks, Travis. Thanks again for listening and downloading episode 64. I sincerely appreciate it. Sincere thanks to David for the time he spent recounting his journey in the game. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 